بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم ما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thank him for giving us tawfiq to experience the blessed month of Ramadan as we are experiencing it's going very quickly uh, personally it feels like maybe one week has passed but in reality almost two has passed and that's basically the halfway point which means you know and we will talk about this in the future inshallah in the last 10 nights what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would do perhaps in next week's khutbah inshallah one of the things that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would do is in Arabic it says He would tighten his lower garment So this is a phrase Of course his, you know, his, his lower garment was the same outside and inside Ramadan But the phrase meant that he became very serious And he would stay awake the entire night in the, especially in the last 10 nights of Ramadan So he became, as we can see From Rajab Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Thinking about Ramadan he's, he's starting to mentally prepare When Sha'ban comes He's getting more into Actual physical preparation for Ramadan Because he is fasting the entire Sha'ban So from Rajab he's making the dua Allahumma which means that he is thinking about Ramadan in the month of Rajab So two months out One month before, there's physical preparations that are being made He fasts the entire month of Sha'ban Then when Ramadan comes in, of course there's a taraweeh, there's a fasting He's engaged uh, entirely in worship and then even furthermore, in the last 10 nights, that is when the Sahaba, the, the wives of Rasulullah said that he would tighten his lower garment, meaning he would become extremely serious. Because this is the culmination of three months of effort. Right? He's thinking about this moment, the last portion of Ramadan, since Rajab. And this was our master, Rasulullah began physical preparations then in Ramadan itself, and then finally culminating in that 10-day i'tikaf. Right? So that is the pinnacle of spirituality, and that is when we are supposed to give it our all. So inshallah, we will talk about that when the time comes near, inshallah. However, the point that I wanted to make here regarding that is that every time another day goes in Ramadan, we should get a little bit more serious about our spirituality. Of course, in the beginning of Ramadan, we didn't make adequate preparations because of our weakness. So we're sleeping a lot during the night, even during the day probably because of you know, the, our weakened states. But inshallah, a week has passed, or more than a week, or two weeks has, have passed almost. Now we should have you know, gotten accustomed to not eating and not drinking during the day. This should be our norm at the moment. So now we can start taking our attention and starting to apply that and how I can stay up a little bit longer in the night or after Salatul Taraweeh, how I can go to sleep right away so I can wake up a little bit er earlier before the Suhoor prayers or the Suhoor uh, uh, eating. So we, our minds need to start making a slow progression as well. 
So we probably were not preparing from Rajab or Sha'ban. But now since we're already in Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forces us to prepare for the last 10 nights. So let's you know, develop that uh, mindset that from now, I'm going to start thinking about what I can do on those last 10 nights. We should try, inshallah, if we have the energy, uh, those of us who can take off from work, this is the time we should take off from work, the, the last 10 days of Ramadan. If we have you know, vacation days, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can use those vacation days, inshallah, we'll get great reward. You know, the non-Muslims, they take their vacation days, they go different places. Unfortunately, because we have, you know, acclimated to the culture, we do the same thing. Our minds don't even go towards taking my vacation days and using it for ibadah. That's a huge sacrifice. It's a huge sacrifice. Those days that you've worked up, using it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, the reward is going to be much greater. And those of us who have the ability to stay up and, you know, focus on those last 10 nights, we should try our best to do that. In one khutbah of Rasulullah what I want to focus today uh, regarding one aspect of Ramadan is, is the generosity of Rasulullah in this blessed month. In one of the first hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu anha talks about how Rasulullah used to get wahi when he became the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa when Rasulullah became the messenger of Allah, how that happened. And she was mentioning, by the way, that in Ramadan, or she was actually first mentioning outside of Ramadan, Rasulullah was extremely generous. And we have heard the stories of the generosity of Rasulullah. One example is, at the last few years of Rasulullah's life, he became extremely wealthy because they were conquering different lands and a lot of wealth came his way. So he at one time had between two mountains a valley filled with camels and sheep. Now, to put that into perspective in our times is like a person that absolutely had nothing, suddenly owning, owning multiple dealerships of, let's say, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all of these things. So maybe five, six dealerships. And this person used to live like, you know, a very poor person. And then Nabi Sallallahu he had this, and so in, in their times, camels, sheep, etc. Were, were considered like our cars, our commodities. He found some people, and uh, they, they were new Muslims. They just had accepted Islam. There were some leaders in different tribes, etc. And so one person came to Rasulullah and said that, you know, I hear that you give to people, I would like to take something as well. So then Rasulullah said that you, you want something and then he says that do you see the, the valley behind you and all the camels and the sheep? He said yes, can I have something from there? He, can say, he said that you can have all of it, take all of it. And so he gave this one person, imagine if you had a Ferrari dealership, a Lamborghini dealership, different dealerships. A person comes to you asking for something, a, a very generous person in today's time would say here take a Ferrari, you can have a Ferrari. Take a Lamborghini and then we would be, our minds would be blown. SubhanAllah, he's so generous. Rasulullah sallallahu said, take the dealerships, take all of it. This was the generosity of Nabi sallallahu And this was in normal times. This is how he was. Because he, and this person, he went to his nation. He went back to his tribe and he said, people go to Muhammad right now. 
you know, if you, if you hear something that, you know, there's this uh, free, you know, Starbucks is giving free coffees. So we go to our friends, Starbucks is giving free coffees. You need to go there right now. now this person's situation is much more elevated. He goes back to his people and he's saying that you won't believe what just happened to me. Go to Muhammad right now because he gives like a person who, who fears no poverty. He does not fear poverty. That's how he gives. As if, he, if the more he gives, the more he's going to get. That's how he, you know, that's how he behaves. So go immediately and get your portion. I got mine. So he went and he told his people that. That was the generosity of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam outside of Ramadan. Aisha radiallahu anha in this hadith that I was telling you about, she compares Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Ramadan, his generosity, uh, to karih al-mursala, she says. The Arabic words. An unleashed wind. An unleashed wind. So what happens when a wind is unleashed? Right? Meaning like a very strong gust of wind. You know, sometimes it's really hot. You're standing outside. Maybe as, as children we used to play. And then a very beautiful wind would come. And that would feel really invigorating. And a wind when it comes and when it's very strong, it doesn't discriminate. The individuals that are there outside, they're going to get that wind. Anywhere that wind can go, it's going to touch everyone. It doesn't decide that I will blow on this person instead of that person. It's very generous. And so this is the comparison that Aisha radiallahu anha made. She said, outside of Ramadan, Nabi sallallahu was generous. Inside of Ramadan, it was like he was an unleashed wind. Anyone he would see, he would be generous. So this is the example that he has left behind for us of generosity, especially in the month of Ramadan. In one khutbah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Jabir radiallahu anhu, he said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gave an address. And he said to us, Ya ayyuhan nas, tubu ilallahi qabla an tamutu. O people, turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before you die. Before the time comes when your life is over, make sure you realize the purpose of your life. And that is to turn back to Allah. That is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So do this before you die. وَبَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ الصَّالِحَةِ قَبْلَ أَن تُشْغَلُوا And engage yourself, engross yourself in good, pious actions before you get busy. There's going to come a time, if you're not busy already, then you're going to get busy later on. So those of us who have become busy, we can re recollect a time that you know, I was not busy. If only I could have filled that time period with some positivity, with some goodness. Now I don't have the time for it. And some of us who are free at the moment, there will come a time where we, we will be in those shoes. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has given advice to the Sahaba. Start filling your life with positivity. Worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, you know, goodness, whatever, you know, studying, etc. All of this, do this before you get really busy. You won't be able to do it later on. And he says that join your ties with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Join with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, develop a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before it's too late and do that by continuously remembering Allah. This is the time for us to do that. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is telling us, make that relationship with Allah. Don't let Ramadan pass and then regret that I could not develop the relationship with Allah because Ramadan has passed. Do that right now and do that through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And then he said, وَكَثْرَةِ الصَّدَقَةِ فِي السِّرِّ وَالْعَلَانِيَةِ تُرْزَقُ وَتُنْصَرُ وَتُجْبَرُ He says the last advice is, give plentifully in sadaqah, in charity. Do this as much as you can, in secret and in open. In secret, to, you know, make sure the ikhlas is there. You're not showing anyone at all, this is in secret. No one knows but you and Allah. And you don't even disclose that, you don't say it in passing either. And in open so that other people can see, and they can be encouraged, inshallah, also to give. So we do both. We do both in secret and in open, we give, inshallah. And then he said, if you do all of these advices, first advice, tawbah, turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Engage in good, good actions before it's too late, before you get busy. Connect, reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before it's too late. Remember Him and give in charity. These four advices of Rasulullah He says, if you do these, you will be granted a great sustenance. You will be given divine aid and help by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of your affairs will be fixed. This is a promise from Rasulullah Very comprehensive He's telling us, do these main things, turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fix our affairs and our relationship with Him. Inshallah, our lives will become better. Now moving on to the concept of sadaqah. In a very beautiful hadith, Anas bin Malik radiyallahu anhu says, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ الصَّدَقَةَ لَتُطْفِئُ غَضَبَ الرَّبِّ وَتَدْفَعُ مِيتَ تَسُوءُ now when we think of our lives, we all, we're always worried. How am I going to die? Those of us who do think about this, and we are encouraged to think about our deaths. We're supposed to be thinking about our deaths all the time. As Rasulullah said, Continuously remember the thing that destroys your desires. Continuously remember death. So when we think about our death, it always worries us. How am I going to pass? How am I going to leave this world? I don't want to leave this world in a state that my Allah is angry with me. That I failed to follow the way of Rasulullah That is probably the worst end that we can have. But what are the things that I can do to prevent that? What can I do to get closer to Allah such that in that last moment when I do pass away from this earth, and every one of us is going to pass away, that I pass away in a good state? What can I do? So in this hadith, Rasulullah said, that sadaqah, charity, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will extinguish the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we do sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with us, he's, he's upset with us. To extinguish that, as if this is a fire that's being kindled for us in the, in the akhirah. We can extinguish that, it's like a fire extinguisher. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that give sadaqah, your sadaqah is... In, is a metaphor, he's making a metaphor here, it's, it's compared to a fire extinguisher. Point the fire extinguisher at the fire of Jahannam and give in sadaqah and then you will turn on that fire extinguisher. And the second thing he says, the benefit of sadaqah is, it will prevent a bad ending. A bad ending. We're all afraid that I'm going to leave this dunya and I hope that I don't leave without iman. The one thing that I want is that I leave this world with La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. If I have that, I'm successful. If I do not have that, my life was a waste. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying that giving sadaqah will prevent an evil end. And this is something that we should take care about. In another narration, he says that hidden sadaqah, 
sadaqah such that no one knows about that, that will remove the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another narration, this is about how when we give something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates it. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا تَصَدَّقَ مِنْ طِيبٍ تَقَبَّلَهَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ وَمِنْ طَيِّبٍ تَقَبَّلَهُ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ وَأَخَذَهَا بِيَمِينِهِ فَرَبَّاهَا كَمَا يُرَبِّ أَحَدُكُمْ مُهْرَهُ أَوْ فَصِيلًا So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, when a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives in sadaqah, gives in charity, and sadaqah has the connotation of zakah and other than zakah as well. So this, it can include our zakah, but also our optional charities that we give. When someone gives goodness in, in sadaqah and charity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that from them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it in his hands. Meaning this is a figurative a form of speech that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts this. And he grows it. Just as one of you will grow their camel or their cows or their cattle. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he's speaking to the sahaba. Many of them were uh, herders. They used to have camel, they used to have sheep. So they understood this concept that you, you take a small child, you know, a kid or a goat or a calf, and then you have to give it a lot of fodder, you have to give it water, you have to let it roam, you have to let it play. And many years pass, and then you will have your final product, a very large cow or a very large camel. So if someone gives you a small camel, then you have to take care of that camel. It's a big investment. Right? It takes a lot of time. You can't just ignore that. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is saying that when you and I give a little bit in sadaqah, any amount, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it and He accepts it as if it's a, it's a small calf. Right? You gave someone a small calf. It's not a huge investment, but you gave this gift to them. But they grow it and they grow it and then it becomes something very big. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take that small action that we do, maybe one dollar, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grow it. Spiritually grow that, that action. Gives, he says, how does this apply? A person can give a small amount in sadaqah. Give one date in sadaqah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it so much and he causes it to grow and grow. And in the akhirah, you will see that one date that you gave in sadaqah is now a mountain of dates. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given for you. So he says, give in sadaqah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will multiply your reward for you. And this is what we want. We want recurring gains. We want you know, these, these investments to continuously grow and be, you know, uh, have that come into fruition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do that for us if we give for the sake of Allah. And what better time than in the Ramadan as well? So many people are coming to us, they're asking different uh, you know, companies come or different organizations come and they ask, this is the best time to give. In one narration, Rasulullah says, A very beautiful hadith. Sadaqah will never decrease your wealth. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says. But how come when I, when I give in sadaqah, I see my bank account and it goes down? What he's saying is in spiritual, the spiritual sense, it will not decrease. 
What you have given in reality is what you have. Your bank account is not what you have. What we have in our bank account is not ours. That's something, it's a concept that is very hard to wrap our minds around. Because every day we're opening it up and seeing how much we have. But it's really not ours. What's ours is what we, we, we send to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the real home, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ The home of the hereafter, that's the real home. And if you don't have anything at your home, then what do you really have? The only thing that we have in the akhirah is what we send already for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in reality, what we own is what we spend for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not what we hoard in our, our fake homes here. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that sadaqah will never decrease your wealth. And never does a person stretch their hands out for sadaqah or to give sadaqah except before it gets to the hand of the person taking it, Allah has already taken it. When I decide to give sadaqah, I'm, I'm stretching my hand out to give to someone. Before that person takes it, Allah has already taken it. This, is, this means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted it in this hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says. And one very nice example that he gave to Aisha radiallahu anha, she had a sheep that was given to Rasulullah sallallahu A roasted sheep was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And so Rasulullah sallallahu came back that night and he was asking Aisha, what's left of the sheep? You know, I told you to give to different people. Maybe we can keep a little bit, but give it out to everyone. We don't need all of this. So what's left? So Aisha radiallahu anha said, مَا بَقِيَ مِنْهَا إِلَّا كَتِفُهَا Only the shoulder is remaining. Everything else we gave in sadaqah. People came, I gave the leg, I gave this part, I gave the head to another person. Just the shoulder remains, nothing else. Rasulullah said, very beautifully, بَقِيَ كُلُّهَا غَيْرُ كَتِفِيهَا Every part of that sheep is remaining. Only the shoulder is not remaining. We don't have the shoulder, we have everything else. What is he saying? They only had the shoulder. How is he saying that we don't have the shoulder, we have everything else? Because when we gave in sadaqah, it is recorded with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I expect that in the akhirah, I will see that in my real home. Here, that shoulder is remaining in our house. It's not really ours. I don't know if I'll get to eat that or what will happen to that. In the same way, our wealth that we have, how much of it are we sending to our real home? How much of it are we sending to the akhirah? And how much of it are we hoarding here? And in another hadith, Rasulullah tells us that the wealth that we have, the wealth that we have, in reality, that belongs to our inheritors. We have maybe millions in the bank account. When we pass away, that actually did not belong to me. Those people who will inherit from me, they will take that money. It's not really mine. One story of Aisha radiallahu anha, very... It shows how generous she used to be. That a person, a beggar, came to Aisha radiallahu anha and she was fasting. Aisha radiallahu anha would fast almost every single day. This was after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa She had nothing at home except for a slice of bread. Imagine that the mother of the believers, Aisha radiallahu anha, her father was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, her husband is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa She's fasting every single day and she only has bread at home, a slice of bread. So a beggar came to her home and he's asking, can I have something for the sake of Allah? And he's asking Aisha who only has a slice of bread. 
She said to her servant, give the bread to this person. The servant said that you don't have anything to, to break your iftar with. You have nothing for iftar and you want to give your slice of bread to this person. So the servant has given advice. Aisha said, no, give it to him. Make sure you give it to him. I don't need it. So then she went ahead and she gave it to him. That evening when it came time for iftar, a person from the family of Aisha radiallahu anha came who never really used to visit her. And he gave her a whole sheep. He gifted a whole sheep to her. And it was random because he never really visits. And then he left. Then Aisha radiallahu anha, she called her servant, told her to come. And she said, have the sheep. This is better than that slice of bread that we had. So this was the faith that she had that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا Anyone who does a single good deed, I will multiply it by 10 by minimum. Minimum, I will multiply it by 10. She knew that if I give whatever food I have, my trust is within Allah, not in what is in my home, not in what I have. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for me. And that is exactly what happened. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, I'm going to finish soon, inshallah. Just some targheeb, inshallah. This is a very opportune chance for us. Ramadan is going to pass. I'm not doing any kind of fundraiser or anything. I'm just mentioning the, the virtues of giving so that inshallah, all of these opportunities that are around us, we can share inshallah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, يَقُولُ الْعَبْدِ مَا لِي مَا لِي إِنَّمَا لَهُ مِنْ مَالِهِ الثَّلَاثِ مَا أَكَلَ فَأَفْنَى أَوْ لَبِسَ فَأَبْلَى أَوْ أَعْطَى فَاقْتَنَى وَمَا سِوَى ذَلِكَ فَهُوَ ذَاهِبُ وَتَارِكُهُ لِلنَّاسِ Rasulullah says, people say this. Everyone says, people say, meaning the psychology of human beings is this. Everyone is saying, my, my wealth, my wealth, how can I accumulate more? How can I get more? How can I have more? However, in reality, a person only has three types of wealth. That which they have already eaten, eaten and consumed. So whatever we have already ate, that was ours. Whatever food you eat, that's yours. doesn't mean that we should go and start eating a lot now. But that is ours. Because we have absorbed it. Or we're wearing it. And, and it, it broke up into pieces now. You wore a shirt so many times that it's no longer wearable. That was only for you. Or you gave some amount and you have made someone content. If you give something in charity, that's yours as well. And anything other than these three things, a person is going to leave it for his inheritors. It's not really theirs. So all of the wealth that we have, you know, physically, you know, we, we believe this is ours. It's in our bank account. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying that it's not yours. It's for your inheritors. In another hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the Sahaba, أَيُّكُمْ مَالُ وَارِثِهِ أَحَبُّ مِنْ مَالِهِ Which one of you prefers... That your inheritors have your wealth instead of you. Who wants that? You want to give all your wealth to your inheritors. The Sahaba said that, Oh Rasulullah, none of us wants that. We want our own wealth. We don't want to give it to anyone else. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, فَإِنَّ مَا لَهُ مَا قَدَّمْ وَمَا لُوَارِثِهِ مَا أَخَّرْ That which a person has already sent before them, meaning they sent it to the Akhirah, that's theirs. That which they have left behind, that's for the inheritors. So what we leave behind is not ours. What we have already sent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is ours. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, 
إن صدقة المسلم تزيد في العمر وتمنع ميتة السوء ويذهب الله بها الكبر والفخر Three benefits of giving in charity When a Muslim gives in charity and sadaqah it will increase their life It will increase their life What does this mean? Does it mean that you're, you know, whatever Allah had planned that you're going to live that gets increased? No, Allah already knows how long you're going to live What he's saying is it's going to increase the quality of your life you can live 80 years in a decrepit situation and you know you can't walk, you're in a wheelchair, or you can live up to 80 and the last day of your life you're running around. You can have a quality life by giving in sadaqah. A person who gives greatly in charity, Nabi says their life will be increased, the quality of their life will be increased, and it will prevent an, a negative end. You will be able to pass away with the kalima as your last words, inshaAllah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the barakah and the blessings of that charity that you give will remove arrogance and pride inside from, from inside of us. He will make us humble. He will make us closer to Him. And I want to finish with one, one story. Shall I know I've already gone beyond time, but this is a very interesting story recorded in Sahih Muslim. Abu Hurairah says that once Rasulullah was telling us this story, he said there was this one man in the middle of a desert. He was in the desert. And he's crossing, he's traveling, and he starts hearing this noise, this, this sound. He's looking around, there's no one around him. Someone is talking though. So he starts looking up and he sees a cloud above him. And then he starts listening closely to the, the cloud, and the cloud starts saying, Isqi hadiqata fulan. Go and give so-and-so water in his garden. The, the cloud is speaking to him. So he's really awestruck. What's happening? He's alone in the middle of the desert. He sees a cloud above him. The cloud is saying, give this person's garden some water. So now he's, he's thinking, this is very strange. He starts following the cloud. It's moving. So as he is following the cloud, then the, the, the cloud starts to rain down in one canal. It's a small little area. The, the cloud starts to rain and then it rains so much in this canal it starts moving there's a lot of water moving and so he's following it finally he ends and he finds this person this man in the middle of the desert and this lush green garden in the middle of the desert and the water is coming in to his his garden and he sees this man the man takes a spade and he can direct the water wherever he wants He's causing the water move move around. He's not doing much. It's like nowadays when we have our hose, you just can move it around. So he's doing that with his spade and causing the water to move around miraculously. So this person is just really awestruck. What's happening here? He asks the person, what's your name? And the person says the same name that the cloud was saying. That give this person's garden water. And he says, that's my name. So and then the person, you know, the person who has the garden, he's saying that, you know, how, why do you want to know my name and so the the traveler says that you know this is what happened i heard this cloud saying that give water to your garden and i watched it and it came and you're moving the water around here miraculously what is this so then the person said you know i wasn't i i don't tell anyone this but because you brought this up i'm going to mention it he says i do something for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me this whatever i grow from my garden I give sadaqah of one-third of that. One-third I give in sadaqah completely, everything that grows. One-third is what I 
and my family eat from, the different crops, and one-third I reinvest in my business. Imagine this. This person is not doing that much. He's donating one-third of his proceeds to the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reinvesting one-third, and eating from one-third. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved this action so much that he causes the, the clouds to rain and miraculously go directly to this person's garden. And this was used, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the angels for this. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us, what this hadith shows us is, it's not too hard inshallah for us to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we give in charity, inshallah it will prevent a bad end, it will bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, closer to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And inshallah, as Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has promised, he said that, if you give in sadaqah, your wealth will not decrease. Let us have yaqeen in that. Inshallah, our wealth will not decrease. It will increase. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us more if we give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for halal wealth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us plenty so that we can give back plenty, inshallah, and give us a good life in dunya and akhirah. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala ala khiri khalqihi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.